It's Tuesday, August 6th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're diving into the different narratives making headlines after this weekend's tragic mass shootings. We'll connect the dots on why people are bringing up things like mental health and video games and how experts are responding. Then, the U.S. is calling out China for being a, quote, currency manipulator. We'll tell you what that means. And finally, we look back on the life and legacy of the great Toni Morrison. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. The most complicated story today is about the different narratives coming out of a tragic weekend. Yesterday on our show, we talked about two mass shootings this weekend in El Paso, Texas and Dayton, Ohio. At least 31 people died. Dozens more were wounded. One alleged shooter was arrested. The other was killed. Police are still looking for motives in Dayton, but in El Paso, prosecutors are pointing to a hate-filled anti-immigrant manifesto allegedly published by the shooter. What's played out since then has followed a familiar script. Thoughts and prayers, then calls for action. Here's President Trump in a speech from the White House yesterday. We must honor the sacred memory of those we have lost by acting as one people. Open wounds cannot heal if we are divided. We must seek real bipartisan solutions. But the reactions to the shooting are partisan and divided. There are very distinct narratives pointing to why these shootings happened and what it is about our country that needs to be addressed. So today we're going to get into some of the big narratives, how some are pointing to things like mental illness and video games, while others are pointing to deeper concerns over hate-filled rhetoric. Yesterday, President Trump tweeted about background checks, but didn't bring it up again during his live remarks. He talked about this. Mental illness and hatred pulls the trigger, not the gun. Talking about issues of mental health has been a common refrain after mass shootings. One thing Republicans said they want to do is pass more red flag gun laws. Basically, if you think someone could pose a threat to themselves or others, you can flag them to a judge, and then the authorities can prevent that person from having a gun. Some Democrats are on board with these laws, too. But mental illness hasn't come out as a driving factor in either mass shooting this weekend. At least, not yet. And mental health professionals today say blaming mass shootings on mental illness is misleading. Studies show that only a small percentage of violent crimes are committed by people who have been diagnosed with a mental health issue. The rate of homicides is much higher in the U.S. than in other countries. But when it comes to mental illness, We're not that different from the rest of the world. And just a reminder, when President Trump first took office, he actually loosened some gun laws, which made it easier for people who had been diagnosed with mental illness to buy a gun in the first place. So some people are blaming mental illness. President Trump and others are also blaming video games. Here's the Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick on Fox News on Sunday. What's changed in this country? We've always had guns, we've always had evil, but what's changed where we see this rash of shooting? And I, and I see a, a video game industry that, that teaches young people to kill. The idea that video games make people more violent has been around since the 1990s. But studies show there's no link between the two. And violent movies aren't linked to this kind of thing either. But some people say all this is just a distraction and that there's a bigger issue at play here. Hate, and the language some people in power are using to promote and spread it. 
According to reports, the El Paso shooter drove more than 10 hours to a town along the U.S.-Mexico border to launch his rampage. Before the shooting, he posted a manifesto that included white nationalist and racist language directed at immigrants. He said that this attack was, quote, a response to the Hispanic invasion of Texas. People are pointing to white supremacist forums that talk about the Great Replacement, that people of color are supposedly taking the place of white people in society. They use words like invasion to describe it. Some of this language isn't just on the dark corners of the internet. It's being used in mainstream media and in the debate over immigration. But El Paso is the hometown of presidential candidate Beto O'Rourke. Speaking to reporters yesterday, he pointed the finger at President Trump's rhetoric. And immigrants specifically, who he's described as rapists and criminals, warning of an invasion, talking about an infestation, he is in large part responsible for what has taken place. This isn't just a gut reaction. The New York Times reports that since January, the Trump campaign has posted 2,000 Facebook ads that refer to immigration using the word invasion. He's also tweeted the word several times, and Fox News personalities have pushed similar language on the channel. Of course, Correlation does not equal causation. There's no evidence so far that the shooter was directly influenced by President Trump. But a lot of people are pointing to this language and saying, this kind of thing needs to stop. So what's the skim? On a global level, the world is watching as the U.S. figures out how to handle mass shootings and white supremacy. Venezuela and Uruguay have actually issued travel advisories to their citizens, warning about traveling to the U.S. where there's violence and hate crimes. While some legislation has been put forward, Congress hasn't been called back from vacation yet to talk about it. President Trump is traveling to both Dayton and El Paso tomorrow to meet with victims' families and first responders. The mayor of El Paso says he's welcoming the president, but that he's been fielding emails and phone calls from angry El Pasans, saying they don't want him to come. And the mayor of Dayton, Ohio, told reporters today that Trump's rhetoric has been painful for many in the community, and that if people aren't happy about Trump coming, they should stand up and say so. If you caught a glimpse at the stock market Monday, you probably noticed something was up. The Dow dropped about 3% its biggest loss of the year. And turns out, we can point to a big reason why. You ready? The Chinese government lowered the value of its currency, which may be confusing because the U.S. government can't exactly do that. So here's what you need to know. First, remember that currencies always have value compared to other currencies. Going on vacation to, say, Europe, may cost you more or less depending on where the U.S. dollar stands compared to the euro at that precise moment in time. That changes based on the market value of the U.S. dollar, how much people believe it's worth. But the Chinese currency, the renminbi, aka the yuan, is different. Its value is pretty much set by the Chinese government. Essentially, China decides its own exchange rate, and that affects the U.S. On Monday, China weakened the value of its currency to an 11-year low compared to the U.S. dollar. That's been a sore subject for American politicians for ages. They don't like that China has this extra economic tool that we don't have. If you've ever heard politicians calling China a currency manipulator, that's what they're talking about. 
fact, the U.S. took things a step further this week. On Monday, the Treasury Department officially labeled China a currency manipulator, saying it was messing with the value of its currency to get a competitive advantage in international trade. The U.S. says it's going to complain to the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, about China's unfair behavior. So why would China do this? The Trump administration says China is retaliating against the U.S. because of the ongoing U.S.-China trade war. Yeah, that's still going on. Since last year, China and the U.S. have been hitting each other's goods with tariffs, or taxes. President Trump threatened more tariffs against Chinese products just last week. That makes it more expensive for U.S. companies to import Chinese goods. And instead of responding with tariffs on the U.S., China is offsetting those extra costs by lowering its currency and thereby making the Chinese goods themselves cheaper. That keeps U.S. companies and consumers happy, too. But there's a downside to doing this. When your currency is worth less, you need more of it to buy things, or in this case, to pay off debt. China has around $2 trillion in foreign debt, and it's going to need a lot more renminbi to pay off those bills. The Skim has more on the China and U.S. trade war and how it could affect your wallet at theskim.com money. We want to end the show with a word about author Toni Morrison, who passed away last night at the age of 88. She was an icon of American literature and one of the preeminent voices on the Black experience in America. Morrison wrote 11 novels. She also wrote children's books, plays, and an opera. She won the Pulitzer Prize for her 1987 best-selling book, Beloved. That book became a movie starring Oprah Winfrey. In 1993, she became the first African-American woman to win the Nobel Prize for Literature, or any Nobel Prize. In 2012, she was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Barack Obama, the highest civilian honor in the U.S. Toni Morrison's prose uh, brings us that kind of moral and emotional intensity that few writers ever attempt. But Morrison wasn't just a writer who moved readers. She also inspired other writers. She was an editor at Random House starting in the 60s, and she continued to push people to find their own voice, like in her 2004 commencement address to grads at Wellesley College. It's been called one of the best commencement speeches of all time. Nobody has the exact memory that you have. What is now known is not all what you are capable of knowing. You are your own stories. If you want to know more about Morrison, a documentary about her life was just released this summer. It's called Toni Morrison, The Pieces I Am. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks for listening and make sure you subscribe and leave a review. For more Skim, you can check out our premium content by downloading our app or get our free morning newsletter by subscribing at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. 